Hey guys, welcome to Right Way, a podcast where we give you insight to make informed decisions about your writing career. I'm your host, Rhea Fry, multi-published author and CEO and founder of Right Way. And I'm Joe Tower, writer, media producer, and Right Way's executive editor. On this podcast, Rhea and I will take an inside look at the publishing industry with honest and straightforward shop talk. So when you do get published, you'll know exactly what to do the right way. This is a Soulfire production. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Right Way Podcast. Today we are super excited. We have another guest and killer killer episode, episode. killer episode. And we're talking about something today that is huge in the world of trying to get published. And that really is around (laughs) author platform. Um, Our guest, Amberly Lago, has one of the most amazing stories in terms of not having an author platform at all, to deciding to write a book, to landing herself on the Today Show. And she did it all organically. She built everything organically. She has an amazing, harrowing story. A what? I mean, to hear her talk about building, like being, like having no, going into it totally new, I was blown away. I, I was awestruck by her, 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 both her, her story of like why she wrote the book in the first place, and then her her rise to like this incredible uh, business and brand that she absolutely. Has. I mean, she's a mindset coach. She's a best selling author. She has a wonderful podcast. She trains clients. She's very into health and wellness. Um, after you know a, a horrible incident that almost led to a, a leg amputation, um, which she yeah. covers and chronicles in her book, but. For those authors or aspiring writers who kind of think it's impossible to grow an organic brand in this pay-to-play society or doesn't think like they could ever land on the Today Show, being a first-time author, a self-published author, a hybrid-published author, or get any sort of real media in a world that's really noisy and full of people trying to do the same thing, This episode is such a dose of inspiration because she is literally Uh, one of the most genuine, positive, amazing women that I've ever met. She's so generous with her time. And I believe that's why she has been so successful because she wasn't chasing the bestseller status. She wasn't chasing, you know, the end result of being on the Today Show or having any of these things happen to her. But but they did. And I and again, I think it's just because she presented herself as herself and wasn't trying to be anyone else. Totally. Check her out. Uh, check out her website. It's AmberlyLago.com. The book is called True Grit and Grace, Turning Tragedy into Triumph. Um, you can buy it on her website or literally anywhere, and she sells out all the time. Um, she, you can also, on her website, you can check out her speaking engagements, workshops, um, a lot of the talks that she gives. Uh, really an incredible person, and we were really honored to have her on the podcast. So we hope you enjoy this episode. You should. <laughs> <laughs> you better. You better enjoy it or we're coming for That's you. That's right. Amberly, thank you so much for being here. I feel like this is going to be one of our best episodes because – you are seriously the, the poster child for making your own success. I feel like so many of our listeners and so many aspiring writers just think, hey, there's one way to success. You have to get traditionally published. You have to get the big book deal. And I feel like your story 
really illustrates going another way and kind of paving your own path. So we're going to kind of get right into it. <laughs> it, um, it is. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's, it's just amazing what you've been well, able to do. Thank but. you. Thank you. First of all, I really, I'm just so grateful to be here. And I tell you, my intention is to really share with anybody who's listening and, and is their dream is to write a book uh, to say, go for it, to exactly. do it. And That's you great. know what? I mean, because it's big and scary, but it's possible. And I'm telling you, I want to share all the mistakes that I've learned along the way. So yep. they don't have to make those mistakes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I mean, okay, so let's backtrack a little bit. So you're a motivational speaker, you're a mindset coach, you're a best-selling author of your amazing book, True Grit and Grace. You have a wildly impressive social media following. You have a great author platform. So to the outside world, I feel like you know, people, people look at you and like, oh my God, I want to do what she's doing, or I could never do what she's doing. So Joe and I really like to dig in always and kind of find out, you know, how you got here. And just from getting to know you, Amberly, you have such an interesting story and not a typical story. So I would love for you to kind of take us back um, and really talk about your path to publication how you got your book published, and then some of those mistakes <laughs> that you yeah. mentioned along the way. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I started doing some speaking and I had a lot of people say, well, you should write a book. And I thought, well, who am I to write a book? I mean, mm. I've been in the fitness industry. I was a professional dancer before that. I don't have a college education. You know, I mean, in high school, I, I, was, you know, an honors, graduated with honors, was Miss Greenville High School. So I was always a really good student, but I went for a career as a professional dancer in Los Angeles and then got into the fitness industry and did that. And then when I had an, a, you know, life altering near death accident is when everything changed. And I started after I had many surgeries and many years of recovering, I was asked to start telling my story, how I made it through 34 surgeries and saved my leg from amputation, oh, all these wow. things. And, and when I was asked to write a book, I thought, well, my gosh, how am I going to do that? You know, and I, and then I had a lot of people say, oh, you will never be able to do that. It's so hard. And so there were a lot of naysayers out there. And I all, I love um, when people tell me I can't do something or I won't ever be able to do yep. something, it's like my motivation. <laughs> it is. It's really motivational for me. I use that to prove to myself that I can do it. And so, but I didn't know how <laughs> I really didn't know how. And so I went and I thought, well, I started asking around if, you know, anybody knew of a good teacher uh, who taught how to write and I heard of a guy's name's Jack Grapes. I love this man. He's very intimidating in his class though. And he offered a class and he taught method writing. I didn't even know what that was. But when I enrolled for the class, uh, the advanced course was the only class I could make because of work and you know my kids. And, and so he said, well, I'll let you take the advanced class. So there I throw myself into this advanced class and it's all 
like published authors and screenplay writers and, you know, published poets and really badass, legit writers and authors. And then there was me. And I remember our first, you know, assignment, we had to write something and in the way he did this method writing and we had to get up in front of the class and read what we had written. And, and, I got, I wrote about my motorcycle accident where I was hit by an SUV and just the first part of when I'm laying in the street and my legs crushed and, and, and all these vulnerable moments and the part where I wake up out of a coma and they tell me they're going to amputate my leg and I had to get up and read and my hands were trembling and I stood up there and I was, I was shaking so bad. I, I had never been that scared having to stand up in front of people before. And after I read it, I kind of sank down and I sat down and sank down in the chair. And he said, Amberly, why, why did you take my class? And I said it out loud for the first time. I said, well, I want to write a book. Like I said, it announced it to all these people. I want to write a book. And he said, you you know what? You will write a book. He said, you may have been intimidated when you first came in here by all of these people, but let me tell you something. After hearing what you just wrote, he said, you, my dear, are going to, you're going to intimidate everybody else. And not that I wanted to intimidate people, but by him saying that, by him just saying, you will write a book, it gave me that little boost of, I'm going to do this. Yes, I'm going to go for it. And so after that, I went home, I started writing every day and I actually hand wrote my entire book because I didn't even own a computer, believe it or not, because, you know, I'd spent my whole life on the dance floor, the gym floor. (laughs) So it came time to like, really, you know, get my book written properly on (laughs) in word in a, you know, in a document. Um, and I had to buy a computer, did not know how to even work a computer really. And I know this sounds so crazy and ridiculous, but then I thought, well, I don't know how to do this. So I'm going to take a class at Apple. So I go to Apple and in the middle of the class, the guy finally stops and he said, let me tell you, you know, I have to say, I'm really impressed that you're not embarrassed to ask all these questions. And I said, I'm not, I know I need to learn and whatever it takes to learn, I want to learn. So I'm no, I'm humble. I'm ready. I'm eager and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to learn how to do this. And so then I had most of the book written. I went to um, a conference. A friend asked me, she said, Hey, I'm going to this conference for writers. It's called author 101. And if I can bring you along, it'll only cost you a hundred dollars. And I'm thinking, a three-day conference for a hundred dollars. That must be like a crappy conference. How yeah. good. That be? <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, okay, what the heck I'll go. Well, at this conference, they had different, you know, literary agents, publishers. And let me tell you, I knew nothing. I didn't know the difference between hybrid publishing, traditional publishing, self-publishing. I knew nothing. And the second day we're there, there's, I'm going to the conference, I'm in the elevator and a guy comes running towards the elevator and I hold the elevator door open for him. And he said, oh, thank you. And I said, sure, you know, have a good day. And we just chit chat a little bit. Later that day, I noticed the guy that I held the door open for, he happened to work at a publisher. 
So I walked up, I was like, oh, hey, we're at the same conference. He says, thanks for, you know, holding the elevator door open for me. I said, sure. He said, well, do you have a book? And I said, well, you know, it's, it's about three quarters finished. He said, well, let me see what you've got. And um, I had brought oh, wow. with me like, you know, the first few chapters of the book I had printed out and was prepared in case I met anybody. And so any big publishers there. Mark. So later that day we had like, I call it like speed dating for authors and they had these booths set up and you had three minutes to sit in front of literary agents, publishers and pitch your book. Whoa. And um, it, this was after like a long day, 12 hour day. I had never pitched my book before. I didn't even have a title for my book, but I'm eager and I am like motivated. So I'm like, I'm going for it, man. I'm going to talk to every single one of them. Got to the very last person and it happened to be this publisher. He's like, oh, hey, great. Did, well, did you get me what you'd written? And I looked at him and I said, no. He goes, well, why? I said, scared. He goes, what are you scared of? I said, well, I don't have a title yet. He said, you know what? I want you to do this. Here's my business card. I want to give you my book. I've written a book on book proposals, write a proposal, send it to me. Just send me what you have. It doesn't have to be finished. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, great. And so went home, kept writing my book, hadn't called him yet. I get, and I had given him my business card the phone rings. I'm at the nail salon. The phone rings and I'm like, oh, it's area code from New York City. Well, New York City, I better answer this. This, this is probably important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I answered it. It was him. And he said, hey, uh, Amberly, this is Terry. Uh, I just wondered if you're going to send me your proposal. And I said, oh, I, I don't have it finished yet. He goes, I really want to read your book. You have an incredible story. I want to read your book. Just send me what you have. And I said, okay, well, I sent it to him. He goes, I love it. You're going to, you know, I have to sit with my team. We're going to go over it and um, we'll let you know. Well, it was a hybrid publisher. They said, yes, they wanted my book. I was on top of the world. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a published author. Um, I had somebody, my editor yep. look at it. He wasn't too impressed with it. I asked another author who had worked with this publisher. They were like, uh, all they would tell me is I would never work with them again. Yeah. I ignored, yeah, I ignored all the signs. So a big lesson here yep. is when you are choosing a publisher, it's very exciting. It's very like, you feel like you've won the lottery. Um, even though, you know, their contract might look legit, it might seem like it's the best fit for you. I would really suggest paying the money to hire a literary agent or, um, literary lawyer, a lawyer to, <laughs> yes, to look at that contract yeah. and make sure that there are no loose ends, that everything is really clear because, um, about, uh, well, a day before my book was publishing or being published, put on bookshelves, I got a call from a, uh, a literary lawyer and he said, how's it going with your publisher? And I'm like, well, you know, it's, it's, it's been kind of hard. There's been some struggles along the way. He said, no, you, you can be honest with me. And I said, it's been awful. And he said, you need to get out of your contract right now. 
And I said, I I thought, you know, well, he's just trying to make money on me. I was like, I can't get out of this contract. I'm going on the Today Show tomorrow in New York. I I can't do that. Well, I should have listened. And I I ended up a year later having to get out of the contract, but I can get into that more too. My first lesson is really do your research and on, on your publisher and ask other authors their experience um, with that publisher and don't ignore the big signs. Don't ignore your gut. You know, your gut never lies. If your gut's telling you, ah, this might not be legit, you got to listen to it. And you know, we talk about that all the time because as, as human beings, I think we just want to be picked and we want to be chosen and we want to have that validation that publishers, we feel like publishers can sometimes bring to us or our work. And I just had a client yesterday send me a contract from a literary agency, which is usually pretty, you know, pretty tame. And it was just not a good contract. There were all these like crazy caveats and that she'd have to pay them if like, so, you know, something happened. And, you know, so you have to if you can't hire a lawyer, at least have someone who really knows contracts to look them over and, and make sure you're not entering into something unfavorable. Um, for sure. sure. Okay. So backtrack a little bit though, because you know, the, we're really talking about like how to get yourself on the today show, but before we go into that, so you get this contract and, and we'll talk about how you ended up exiting that, but here you are, you've gotten accepted by this hybrid publisher, you're creating your book. At this time, did you have an author platform? Had you hired a publicist? Like, Take us through how you built yourself up, how you <laughs> landed on the Today Show, got on the Doctor's TV show, and managed to do all of this in such a short period of time because so many authors feel like, oh, unless I'm a celebrity or you know, someone really big, I could never get myself on the Today Show and I could never do any of these things. It feels very out of reach and yet you did it. Well, I, first of all, I want to say never say never because you really, you don't know. And I will say this, your hard work puts you where your blessings can find you. And it looks like, you know, I wish sometimes, you know, I, I think I feel like I need to add in some of the struggles I've had in my bio. Cause you know, when you look at people's social media or see their, their bio, you think, Oh, wow, that good for her. But yeah, I, you know, I could never do that. Look, she, or she had it easy or she got lucky. And it's really about um, hard work. It's, I think, you know, as any entrepreneur yeah. knows, it's a lot of hours and it's a lot of work, but I had nothing when I started. Um, I didn't have social media. Well, I take that back. I had an Instagram account that was my personal account, but it was really just to basically stalk my older daughter and see what she was doing and posting. And so <laughs> when, Completely. The, yeah, I mean, I hadn't, I had nothing. So I get the, you know, the publisher said, we don't do any marketing. He goes, so if you want to sell your book, you have to do all the marketing. Well, I didn't know about marketing or, or what to do. And so I thought, well, I, I got to figure it out. And I have a year because it took, um, I had a year from when I got signed with this publisher to when the book would be 
completed and on bookshelves. So in that year, when I started out, like on Instagram, I think I had maybe like 372 followers and they were all like family and friends. Pictures of like, and now you have 80,000 followers. (laughs) Something like that. Yeah. And, and within that first year, like on Instagram, you really want to get to 10,000 followers. And the reason I say 10,000 is because when you get to 10,000, then you can do swipe ups on your story. So people can, you know, swipe up to buy your book or swipe up to go to your webinar or, or whatever. So that was my goal was to really build my platform. So I, I built a website. I say, I, I didn't, I provided all the, the content, the pictures and, and paid someone to build a beautiful website for me. And I think your website is really important because when people go to your website, that's you, that's your brand. They want to feel what, you know, they want a feeling. And so I didn't know how to market, but I knew how I wanted people to feel. And so I built my website on that. I created a LinkedIn profile, uh, Facebook business, Instagram, you know, Twitter, and I made everything look the same across the board. So the same profile picture, the same content. And then every single day I spent hours on social media. I mean, probably three to four hours on social media alone. So I cre- I started trying to, you know, create posts and to share my story. And I basically for a year was giving, giving, giving content, giving tips, giving tools, being there, yep. showing up. And then when a year came up, I had finally got to 10,000 followers I was like, took my audience with me along for the ride. They, I didn't like go all of a sudden, oh, and by the way, I have a book. They were part of the journey. Like I showed them behind the scenes, like me writing the struggles I had, the fear that I was facing, um, you know, writing my book, the self doubts that I had. Um, And then I would give them like ways how I got through those things. And so Um, with my social media, I really connected to a community of people. And I don't even like to call them my followers. I like to say they're really like my family. They're my friends that I choose, you know, like, um, and that connection that I've made with them along the way has been the best part of my book journey because, because I've made meaningful connections through social media, um, every book signing that I had across the country, I sold out of books. And I'm talking when at, you know, my first book signing was in Calabasas at Barnes and Noble. We sold out three times in a row. My husband had to go back to the house twice to get boxes of books. I had a line for four hours. That is because of social media. I was at Books and Books in Miami and they said, oh my gosh, we don't sell out of books. He said, we have celebrities here. We have politicians here. I don't know how you did this, but you, we've sold out of books. That is the power of social media, but that's also showing up for your community. That was me showing up for them every step of the way and being there for them, commenting back on their, so it, it wasn't just people on my social media, I think really, you know, I've had people go, how do you build that connection? 
Well, you have to go. If somebody comments on, on my post, then I would go to their post and I would show them some love on theirs. You know, I would give people shout outs. I would quote people. I would do collaborations. I would do lives with other people. I, you know, and, um, so that's how I really built up my, my platform. It was a lot of grit. It was a lot of every day, like some days I'd wake up and I would be like, I don't know what to say today. I'm so tired. I don't. And I leave, by the way, I leave all of those first posts that I put up on social media that are really crappy. I mean, my writing wasn't very good. Um, I was learning, I was learning how to do it. And I was learning kind of what worked. And I leave that up, you know, a lot of big you know, brands or whatever, they might take their beginning posts down that don't have as many likes or engagement. I leave those up because when I'm coaching people, I want them to see the journey that I had that we all start from someplace. We, we start, we all start as beginners and it's just doing, putting in the effort every single day that slowly and, you know, gradually one step at a time, one day at a time, you start to build and to grow it into a bigger platform. Um, and so that's how I really built that. And I leave those posts up there so people can, can see that how bad I sucked, <laughs> you know, well, like it, it wasn't good. It's interesting though, because you're also, you're talking about like, you know, grit and hard work and, and the platforms of social media, but you know, I'm also hearing like a lot of great lessons that we like to try to impart to our clients as well, which is like your mindset and being open and, and, and taking the ego out of it and your curiosity and your willingness to learn and your willingness to like fall and get back up and do it again. I mean, there's so much like, and, and, you know, you talk about, um, uh, instead of networking, you talk about like making meaningful connections. And I think, I think, that that kind of mindset going into like developing an author platform or the pursuit of any kind of project is is like the foundation for um for for achieving and and some great success um i i did i i wanted you to talk for a moment because you were you were talking about when you were building your website how you wanted your you know you how you wanted people to to feel um, and I, I think your website is really distinctive because you do have like a very specific personal brand. Can you just like talk about, you know, I, I, even if we don't refer to it as personal branding or whatever, but how, what, what was that that you wanted people to feel when they went to your website, visited your Instagram, et cetera? Well, I think it's really important when you're building your brand and like, I, I'm no expert on this, but this is just my experience and what I did is to really know your values and what you stand for and then have like the few things that you really, you know, share that. So for me, like that's um, health and fitness, like fitness is my medicine. So I talk about fitness. I also talk a lot about overcoming chronic pain or just, you know, living with chronic pain because I'm, I was diagnosed with complex regional pain syndrome. So I have a lot of people in my tribe that also have CRPS. Um, I talk about, you know, being a mom or a mom, you know, and being an entrepreneur. And um, I talk about sobriety. And so those are a few things that I talk about. And so my audience is very connected when you meet somebody who has gone through something similar to you, 
it's like when you see that they have gone through these hard challenges, it gives you hope that you can get through those things too. And so um, I, I'm really not af afraid to share a lot of moments that I've been vulnerable or, you know, I, I've, I used to, I'm not, I didn't used to be that way. I used to be very, um, I carried a lot of shame about the way that I looked you know, because at one point I had lost everything. I lost my career. I had $2.2 million worth of medical expenses, medical bills after my oh surgeries. My um, you know, I, that career I had, I had a six figure income career with trainers that worked for me, gone. My body didn't look the same, completely scarred from the hip down. And so it took a lot of work and my mindset is in my faith is what really got me through those moments to where I could be able to share about that. But I think that, you know, I just had a meeting with a friend of mine who's a coach last night and she's, I'm going to be speaking on her mastermind. And she said, you know, you are the one who's inspired me to write a book and share my experience, I realized I've been hiding a lot of my true experience. And so what I want people to really believe in themselves, but really be able to accept themselves for all that they are, whether, you know, imperfections, you know, anything, because when we can do that and let go of the shame, we can own our story. And then we are limitless. It's, it's freedom. So I, I hope that when people connect with me, they see, you know, and feel like they are unstoppable, that they are limitless, that, you know, no matter what they've been through or what mistakes they've made, they can learn from those things and, and keep growing and keep rising up. So I want to provide not just hope, but tips for being resilient um, for staying healthy, for thriving. And so when people come to me, I want them to, to feel that, you know, empowered um, and able to turn any adversity into their advantage. And so that's what I really, the feeling that I wanted people to have is, is hope. I want to be a hope dealer for people. I love it. Yeah, I love that. That's so fantastic. And I mean, I think it's such a testament to why people keep coming back to you because it's not like you're selling anything. You're just such a, a valuable source of inspiration and information. And you're also just being yourself, which is amazing. Um, it's probably why you are so successful. I wanted to take a minute and talk to you about our premium service here at Rightway. It's the service that clients refer people to, they keep coming back again and again for, and that is our nonfiction book proposal creation. Now, I don't know about you, but the word proposal makes me go, ugh, <laughs> it just sounds like such a bore, boring, dry process. However, when you create the nonfiction book proposal, we're really creating a very cohesive strategic roadmap for what your book will contain. Now, our book proposals here at Right Way are 60 to 100 pages. They're beautifully edited, proofread, designed. You're getting one-on-one -on -one feedback, co-collaboration, co-creation, agent pitching, hand-holding, essentially, for really understanding not only how to create a comprehensive book proposal, but what happens next? What happens after? What happens when you're going to 
land the agent, land the deal, write the book. So this is really a truly in-depth one-on-one experience that I absolutely love. 80-90% of all of our clients land literary agents and book deals, which usually makes the investment worth it. However, the value that you will have, the knowledge that you will have and how to do this so you never have to hire someone again, that's actually our ultimate goal in addition to getting your book out into the world. Now, we are offering our listeners a very special 10% discount code on this service. The code is WRITE, W-R-I-T-E, 2020, so 2020, because we all know that you just love this year so much and don't want to see it go away. (laughs) But to get that 10%, head on over to rightwayco.com, that's W-R-I-T-E-W-A-Y-C-O.com, Go to our services page and you'll see the nonfiction section there. Click on that. There's an intake form about your idea. You can input the code right 2020 to get your 10% off if you choose to engage. So once you built, so again, you kind of organically built this author platform. Can you talk about what happened next in terms of you know, booking these signings that sold out and getting yourself on the Today Show and on the Doctor's TV show. Did you hire a publicist? How did you market? Did you spend a lot of money? I mean, <laughs> money is yeah, the thing. Yeah, yeah. And, well, and I will say, first of all, you know, I remember, and I think we talked about this one, yeah. on one of our phone calls where I had somebody, I'd never experienced any haters. Like I, I got my first hater, <laughs> my first haters message was, oh, I hate people like you that try to make money off of a yeah. book. And I wanted to say, <laughs> oh my God, he's clueless. He has no idea how much money I have put yep. into this book mm. that's like, it's a very expensive business card for me. You know, it it opens a lot of doors, but I remember um, one of my clients that I've had for like 20 years, she is, was a, she's an editor. And I said, do you think you could look over my book? And, and I had hired an editor who was amazing that I loved. So I hired an editor. I had her look it over and she researched my publisher and she very nicely she said, you know, you don't have a big publisher, so you really need a good publicist to vet your book for you. Yep. And I was like, oh, well, what does that mean? I had no idea. Like, well, what does a publicist do? Publicist do? What is that? You know? So I had another friend who was the head of Dress for Success out here in LA and I had spoken at their at Dress for Success out here and um, we became really close and we were on a hike one day and I said, yeah, you know, I need a, a publicist. She said, you know, and I think that's what you have to do is like go to your friends you who do. are connected yep. and start asking around um, because I think it's really good if you can ask around um, to people you trust. Uh, word of mouth is always better. And yep. And so she said, you know, I have a friend that might know somebody. So I actually met her friend who said, I have the publicist for you. She was Muhammad Ali's publicist. I'll give you her number. She was my roommate in college. Now, this lady, you don't just get this lady's phone number. Yeah. (laughs) And so um, 
I call her up and she's like, yeah, well, you know, I'm really expensive. She said, I'll take a look at your book. She goes, but you know, I don't usually work with people that aren't, you know, celebrities or best-selling authors, but I'll, I'll take a look at your book. And it was only because I had been introduced to by her college roommate. Uh-huh. So she reads the book and she gets back to me and she said, wow, like, I'm surprised. It was really good. She goes, I, I couldn't put it down. It was, I really love your story. You're an amazing writer. And I was like, really? <laughs> I really liked it. Oh my God. Okay. She goes, but you know, she goes, I'm really expensive. She goes, I have this program that you can buy and it'll tell you all the things to do that basically you can be your own publicist. And I said, no, I said, I want you. Her name's Jill Siegel. I said, Jill, you're a badass. I want you. And she was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so I, I still kid around with her and basically say, I begged you to like be my publicist. So, well, I can't guarantee you that, you know, I can get you to New York Times bestseller. And I was like, oh, wow. I hadn't even thought about that. And so I hired her and publicists are very expensive. We're talking thousands of dollars, depending on how long you have them contracted for. Um, I ended up spending $20,000 on the publicist and I did whatever she said to do. She's like, you need to say yes to everything. So I did every, and she also said, and by the way, I don't market your book. She goes, I get you, you know, your book to TV shows, radio shows, and podcasts. And I was like, okay, great. And she goes, and I make you no promises. Like I might not be able to get you anything. They, she goes, people have to like you. They have to like your story. And then they're going to look and they're going to look at your platform. So they're going to look at your social media. They're going to look at everything. And I was like, okay, so good thing I've been building my platform for the past year. And so she, I was doing tons of podcast interviews, writing tons of blogs. At this point, I was getting so burnt out on writing blogs for other people. And, but she would call me and I'd say, what do you need? You know, I was like, yes to everything. I was staying up late, you know, you know, doing my day, you know, real paying job of training clients during the day and like getting up at the crack of dawn to write blogs, uh, sometimes doing interviews that were no joke, three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, whatever it took. I was like, because they were in a different country on our different time zone. So I was like, yes to everything. And then she called me and I was like, yeah, what do you need? And she goes, are you sitting down? (laughs) Yeah. She goes, well, Megan Kelly wants to interview you. The Today Show called. They said yes. And I was like, and she oh goes, God. she goes, yeah, I can't believe it. <laughs> and I was like, well, thanks. <laughs> and I was like, uh, the, the today, Megan Kelly, like I couldn't even talk. And I'm sure they were like, oh, I don't know if you're ready for this or not. But I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And so the first call I'm, I call my husband and I'm like, oh my God, honey, they want to fly me out to New York and go on the today show for the launch of the book. And he's like, you know what? You're on your own. I am not going to New York, blah, blah. Cause at this point he was like, so sick of me traveling, doing all these speaking gigs. Um, so sick of me being locked in my office, writing and working nonstop. And I was like, Oh, okay. 
And I was got off the phone and I was like, I am going for this. I don't care. This is a, an opportunity of a lifetime. I am doing this. And can I just interrupt you for a second? So where was this in the book launch um, timeline? Like had, had your book already come out? No, my no. book had not come out. My, in fact, my book was coming out in about two weeks. I believe it was oh, about wow. two weeks. And my publisher had not even... They were supposed to print. You should have books printed yes. and ready to go yes. to send out. Like I learned so much because I did not have like a group of people that were, you know, in a private Facebook group that were ready to go and buy the book and write reviews for me on Amazon. I didn't have any of that set up, um, which my next book, I will definitely have something like that set up. Um, and I didn't really know what, to post or anything, but this was about two weeks out because my publisher had not even gotten me, you know, galleys for the book or anything to send mm -hmm. out. I had printed my own galleys, like printed, gone to the printer and it cost me hundreds of wow. dollars to just print Jeez. my own book out and sent, sent out that. And I barely got, I had to call the publisher and say, look, <laughs> they want me on the today show. You have got to have this book ready because my book was supposed, you know, publishing on this date and I, that's the day I'm going on the day show. So it, you better be ready. And so I was like on their toes nonstop. Like you got, to, are you, are you going? Cause I don't think they were used to an author who actually was really said what they were going to do and was going to like come out with a boom and like work their butt off to get their book out there. Um, but I'm the kind of person, if I don't know how to do something, figure it out, Google it, uh, just try and make mistakes and learn from your mistakes. Like, don't be afraid of failure. And so I was like, I had a, got about a couple of weeks to, to figure out what I was going to wear to go to New York. And, and then um, my publisher, my publicist got me a book signing at Barnes and Noble only because they, this Barnes and Noble like only had celebrity people that did book signings. But she said, look, my client is going on the Today Show. She's going to have a lot of publicity around this. You're going to want to have her at your store. And so they agreed to say yes. And I think that once you get one bookstore that you can say you sold out, and at that bookstore, I sold out three yeah. times over, then it was easy. I could wow. book my own book signings all over the country. So if I was going to North Carolina for a speaking event, I would myself would reach out to the book, local bookstore and say, Hey, I'm going to be there for an event. I'd love to stop in your store and, you know, sign some books. Now my publisher was supposed to get my book in all stores. Right. Right. They did, they did not. So I got my books in stores because I was going on the Today Show, uh, which was very exciting and also very scary, um, I was like, uh, I remember the producer called me and she said, uh, you know, get me ready for the show. And I said, well, uh, what questions are you going to ask? And they said, oh, well, this is news. You just need to go in there with your ears open and listen to what she asks. And I was like, <laughs> okay, right. I'm ready for it. 
and you know, then of course my husband called me and apologized. He said, you know, I'm sorry. I, I, that's exciting. Congratulations. And I said, well, they just called and they want to fly you out too. And usually, you know, if you've got a big publisher, they would fly you to yes. the studio, but so thankfully the today show fly, they flew me that's to New amazing York. i mean they were incredible megan kelly was such she was amazing she was so amazing she actually read the book or parts of it because she knew things in the book when we sat down mm -hmm. um i had like two set like one commercial break in between my interview or in between my segment and she talked to me through the commercial break and she asked me about different parts in the book. And I remember sitting there going, Oh my God, <laughs> I actually read my book. Yeah. After the today show, I had her book there with me. And what's so interesting is so when I had to write the, the bio for my book and mm -hmm. you know, you write what the book's about on the back of the book cover and, the publisher had asked me to do that. I remember going, well, I don't know what to write. What do I write? And we were, I was at um, Costco and I told my husband, well, I'm just going to look at what Megan Kelly wrote in her book. And I actually picked up Megan Kelly's book. And it was so ironic that here, who would ever imagine or ever dream that I would actually be meeting Megan Kelly. And so I told her that story and I said, Hey, I have your book with me. Would you mind signing it? She goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll sign that. But you know what? No, go grab your book. Let's take pictures with your right. book. Yeah. I want your book to fly off of shelves. And I was so touched by her kindness. And she's just really like a, a, a gal's kind of gal, you know, she just really was so supportive. And so I got a lot of pictures with her. She, you know, my daughter who was 10 at the time got to like meet her and she was so sweet to her. And that night, my publisher actually called me. Now, I couldn't even get them on the phone. Yeah. But after my book became a bestseller in three categories, they called me on my cell phone. Hey, uh, congratulations. You know, this is my personal cell number. Oh We've God. never had a book do so well. And I was like, oh, wow. Thanks for calling me. So you think you could send me that JPEG now oh that I've been God. asking for? <laughs> That's insane. I mean, what a, what a story. And I just have a, I have a quick question about that though. Like before you got on the today show and you were selling out these bookstores and doing so well, what do you attribute that to? Because your book wasn't out yet. So what was it that was selling out these bookstores? Because, you know, in my, I write fiction and I've written nonfiction before, but we always joke in the author community, like every author's had that experience where they show up and there's like two people there or 10 people there. So what was it about you as a debut author that was, was you were selling out these events, which is kind of unheard of. Um, well, you know what? I, I did not know what to expect at a book signing. And I thought, you know, I Googled it. I, what, what are you supposed to do at a book signing? I had no idea. I didn't have, you know, I wish I had a mentor to, to walk me through that and what to expect. And so um, I remember Googling it and like tips to make your book signing successful. And they were like, you know, put a dish of candy on the table, bring some <laughs> flowers, like 
make sure you have a business card. And it was like, sure. you know, have a backup Sharpies, um, all those things, you know, and they're like, uh, be, be ready to walk around the bookstore and talk to customers and introduce yourself. And so I remember for my book signing, so my book came out the day I was on the Today Show. And oh for three days after that, I was doing like three radio interviews a day. Um, Health Magazine did an article on me and they let me do an Instagram takeover, which yeah. that was really new at that time. That was a mm -hmm. new thing to do. I didn't even know what that meant. And when they reached out to me and said, can you do an Instagram takeover? I was like, yes. Then I was like, yep. Google, Google, what is an Instagram takeover? Love, Google was your best friend. I love this. Yeah, it's like, uh, don't know what that is. Let me Google it and see what that is. Pilot in this whole journey. Was yeah, Google. Google. Yeah, like you don't know something, Google it. Like, yeah, right. And so I was like, oh my God. Uh, they called, you know, Health Magazine wanted me to do this takeover. And so I said, hey, this isn't my normal kind of day. I'm in New York and I've got, you know, three interviews on the radio today and I'm in a hotel room and they said, no, we just want you to walk us through your day. Like, cause they knew I was into health and fitness and thank goodness I practice what I preach and I do work out. So I had my gym clothes with me and I planned on going to the lobby and working out and taking them through my workout. But it was yeah. like, they're like, no, we want to know what you're doing through your day. And so I would pop on and be like, yep. Hey, I'm Amberly and this is what I'm doing today. And I've got this radio show. I'm going to do this interview and then I'll be back to walk you through what I'm doing in the gym or, you know, and it was so, I, I say this like it was easy. I was scared to death. I was just so nervous to do that. They had like, at the time, you know, I had like 10,000 followers on Instagram and they had like 300,000 or something. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I did it like, and I think a lot of, when you're doing something, you have to get out of your comfort zone. If you're feeling comfortable, yeah. you're not playing big enough. Exactly. And so I think it's really important to, man, do something that scares you and, and go for it. So I think back to your question of how did I sell out at these book signings? It was the power of media. It was getting myself out there. It was connecting with, with people. Now, what I wish I had at the time was I wish that I had somebody to help me with my social media, even if they were to help me like do some posts or something. But I think part of the magic of how I built my community, it is, it was me and they knew it was me. It was me talking to them. It was me sharing my experience. And um, I remember I didn't know how to post what I was going to what I was doing for my book the day that my book launched. And I remember Brene Brown, who is my favorite author, she was launching her book at the same time I was launching my book. And so my husband comes in my office at home and I have all my books stacked up and I'm on the floor, you know, kneeling, trying to get a good <laughs> shot of the books. And he said, what are you doing? And I said, well, Brene Brown took pictures of her books and said they are going to hit the bookshelves tomorrow. I said, so that's how I'm going to promote my book too. And he goes, well, don't you think she's going to be upset if she sees you doing something similar? And I said, honey, Brene <laughs> Brown is never going to notice that I'm taking pictures of my book and posting something similar. I mean, and the ironic thing about that, the day that my book launched, Brene Brown was in New York launching her book. I was in New York launching my book. 
my book uh, hit bestseller on Amazon. You know, they have the bestsellers yeah. that come up. It was right next to Brene oh, Brown. Oh, so amazing. It that's was amazing. Dr. Wayne Dyer, yes. Brene Brown, Amberly Lago. And I so mean... I, I took a screenshot of that because yes. I was like, I know it's not going to be there long, but I, I'm it's taking a screenshot scary. of it. <laughs> now, the only reason I share that is not to be like, oh, well, my book was next to Brene Brown is I'm sharing that, you know, if you work hard and you really stay connected yep. to your why, your purpose, and let your passion really fuel your grit for moving forward, and that you can do anything you set your mind out to do. I mean, if I can oh. do it, anybody else, else out there can do it. And like you said, never say never, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm curious because this has been, we've had a pretty, uh, an ongoing debate about, um, social media, <laughs> social media. And, uh, we, it is a love hate, isn't it? Yes. yes. We talk about it a lot on our own podcast and we, uh, on this podcast, we've, we've did an interview, uh, on another podcast about it yesterday. Now it's, it's been such an important part of your platform. And I'm also interested uh, for you to talk about um, how that how it might change, how your relationship with social media might might change as you approach the next book. But do you think that you can successfully establish an author platform? And do you think you your book would have had the impact it did, or that a book can have the impact it does without social media? I honestly think that my social media has is really been what has led me to where I am mm -hmm. because you're look, I just to give you an example of that, a lot of events that I'm, I do that I'm asked to speak at different events, they look at your social media and they want to know, well, if I ask her to speak at my event, does she have a big enough following where she can sell some tickets for the event? Um, bookstores, well, they're going to look at my following to see, do I have a big enough following that if I post, I'm going to be at their bookstore that people will show up and I'll sell books at their store. And isn't it? Yeah. And it's crazy to me though, that like you, you grew to 10,000 and, and now 10,000, like a hundred thousand is what 10,000 used to be. And, yeah. And, and isn't that I mean? crazy that and that's like, so true. It's, it's so like, true. How is 10,000 people not enough or how is this not enough and it keeps changing and shifting and growing and one of our our big um goals with our business with a lot of authors who have amazing stories but they either just don't like social media they you know now it's harder and harder to grow organically too it's all becoming pay to play um so we're trying to find ways to market and grow and help authors without it without having to rely on it but for you, you know, what is the hardest thing about having a big platform? We, we kind of discussed this actually on your podcast, but it's, is it for you? Is it having to <laughs> feel like you have to respond to everyone? And just it is a lot of work. And, and first of all, I want to apologize. I'm, I'm recording from my home office and the gardener decided to show hey, up. So I, hey, I'm sorry if you hear that. Whatever. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry if you hear that blower out there. Um, you know what? Social media, I am, 
going to be completely transparent and say there are some mornings that I wake up with anxiety because I'm of like, course, of course. oh my gosh, I have to post about this event and I haven't even written it's the exhausting. caption and I don't have time and blah, blah, blah. And now there's this new thing called reels on Instagram. I got to yep. figure that out. And I haven't posted on TikTok and a month and and then oh I forgot to put that on LinkedIn. It's a lot. It's, it's so it's, much. It's a lot. And you know, I at one point um hired someone that was gonna kind of be a social media manager for me. Yeah. And they worked for lovely girl. I'm still friends with her. She's lovely. She couldn't do it because people can tell if somebody else is commenting yeah. back. And and you I think because all of your social media management yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. And that's why I don't post every single day now because, you know, one post, I, I can't get back to every comment, but I try. And that is because, and I've had people say, oh, you know, you don't need to be getting back to every comment. You're verified. It doesn't look good to get, <laughs> oh you know, gosh. and you know, for me, I remember when I was really struggling and when somebody got back to me, when they responded to me, because people just want to be heard. They want to be seen sure. and I want to shine light on them. I want to say, I see you. You're beautiful. I'm cheering you on. And so I do try to respond to people and I do check all of my DMs myself, which that's why sometimes it takes me two, three days because I average maybe five, at least 500 direct messages on Instagram alone. But I think you have to pick for me, you know, some people, their followings on Facebook more. Facebook is not really where I, I hang out as much. I had the most engagement on Instagram. And for me, it is really important. And, and it's funny because last night my husband was talking to me saying, well, with all the politics going on, he goes, all these people, their Twitter accounts are being shut down They're, You know, he goes, what would you do without your Instagram? And I was like, well, I always have a backup plan. Yep. Like I always have a backup. And so for me, I've got my main Instagram account, which is Amberly Lago motivation. And then I have my podcast account, which is true grit and grace. And so I always have that backup, but I have gotten hired to speak on stages with Mel Robbins and Jay Shetty and Lewis Howes and Brendan Burchard and Kevin Harrington and huge, Bryn, I mean, huge yeah. thought leaders. Yeah. The only reason I got that job is because I was on Instagram. I wow. got hired or not hired. They don't pay you to do Ted talk. My TEDx talk I got because of Instagram. I had a curator that had been watching me for a year. I had wow. no idea. She wasn't watching just what I posted. She was watching at how I responded to people. Yeah, completely. And when I got asked to do this TED talk, I was very intimidated. I was the only speaker that didn't have a PhD. And, you know, when the media was live, the website came up my husband was like, oh, wow, you're the only one that doesn't have a PhD. And do you think they could add author to your name or some sort of initial, like at least your <laughs> fitness yeah, credentials? Yeah. And so when I talked to her, I was like, hey, uh, you know, my husband noticed and I kind of noticed I'm the only one that doesn't have a PhD and I'm not trying to like promote my book on the TEDx, but could you add, and she goes, wait a minute. She goes, 
are, are you trying to tell me that you, you're, you and your husband don't think that like you're good enough because you don't have a PhD? She said, let me tell you something. You have a PhD in heart and that's <laughs> why we've asked you to be here. And you know what, that changed everything for me that, you know, I, I was feeling like I wasn't worthy enough. Like I wasn't good enough. Like that yep. imposter syndrome was like in full force. Which and is crazy to me because of everything that you've done and you still felt that way. I mean, look where you were standing with those people. And it's just such a, it's such an interesting thing, right? Like no matter where we are, we sometimes yeah. still feel like, well, because you're going to get bigger and bigger opportunities. Sure. You uh, know, like I remember when I was asked to share the stage with Mel Robbins and, and I was like, Oh my God, all these huge speakers. And then there was me and this was before my Ted talk and just the, you know, I was so nervous and I was there and, you know, they had their media crew and their film crew. And then there was me, they had their agent with them. And then there was me. And, um, I got on the stage. I, I was like, I was doing push-ups backstage because I was so nervous. <laughs> yeah. I was praying. Yourself up. Yeah. So. Oh man. I was so nervous. And, but I, but I did it. And each time you do something that's really important or really hard and you get through those moments, you build your confidence. So the next time I was asked to speak at, you know, with Kevin Harrington and some of the other shark tanks, I was like, yeah, I, I deserve to be here. I've paid my dues. Like I've worked so hard to be to this place, but it takes, you know, putting in the work, doing hard things, you know, failing and getting back up to build your confidence. Um, and I think that goes with anything you're doing, whether, you know, you're, writing a book or you want to be a speaker or you're raising your rates for your coaching platform or whatever it is that you're doing, you know, it's putting in that work and building your confidence, uh, every day. And so, yeah, I, I still, I still get nervous though. Every time I speak, even now I'm doing a lot of speaking for virtual events and yeah. I'm in my little I, office I know. doing pushups. It's still, I know I'm say same way. It's, it's, kind of funny. And I think it's harder sometimes when it is just you and your camera and you can't feed off the energy of a crowd, but it is nice to be in pajama pants. I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. It is. It's so much harder. I, I miss people. Like yeah. It, yeah. I really have to say it's been really a struggle for me because I do speaking events because I love people. Love I want to be around people and I don't want to see just my face on the camera on the screen and <laughs> like I feel like I'm talking to myself so it's really been a mindset adjustment to focus on yes even though I see my face I have to envision that I'm like seeing people out there or that one person that I'm talking to because it's hard yeah oh it's so hard so um, yeah go ahead just because I'm curious I, you know I'm curious as we as we sort of wrap up here this discussion about author platform has been so interesting and obviously like your approach to it, I think as like a first timer building an author platform is probably the way we should all be doing it all the time. Um, but I, I'm, I'm wondering what you have found after, you know, getting at being at the point that you're at now, looking back, what element of that platform of building that, um, that your, your platform, do you think 
had the most impact or was the most important for you in, in, in selling, selling books and building your business and building your brand? Uh, what, I'm sorry, I don't, I missed the question. What, what uh, of the platform do you think had the most impact or was the most important um, in, 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 in getting you to where you are now? Um, I think it is showing up as yourself and like being completely authentic, not trying to be like other people. Yeah. yeah like I took a, a picture like Brene Brown, cause I didn't know how to take a picture of like what to do for my books, but, but really knowing who you are, what your message is and, and, and not to compare yourself with just so other people. <laughs> it's really hard. It's yeah. really hard because that can, you know, you can feel like, oh, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I got 80 something thousand followers. And then I go look at my friend over here who's got 1.2 million followers. And I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, you know, I, I'm not enough. Or And it's really easy. You'll get, I get all the time. People are like, would you like to buy followers? Buy followers. We could get oh, you to a hundred thousand. Yeah. And I always say no to that. Of course. Because it, it is, it, it doesn't mean anything. If you buy followers, they're fake and they're not going to buy your book. They're not going to engage with you the and they're going to take your, they're going to mess your algorithm up. I see okay. what the allure would be for some people though, you know, in oh sure, yeah. at a certain follower count or like a certain uh, like level of engagement and just being like, I, I need out and I don't know. But like you said, you were spending three hours, upwards of three hours a day just on social media oh. and engaging and producing content. And, and you know what? I interviewed Mae Musk on my podcast mm -hmm. and she said I was, it was so refreshing for her. I mean, she's Mae Musk, Elon yeah. Musk's mom. She's got a best-selling book and not just here, but all over the world. Her book has like been a bestseller and different countries translated into different languages. I mean, she's amazing. And she told me, she said, I spent three, four, five hours a day on my social media. That's how she started too. So let me ask you though, it's just like a, a very last question um, around this conversation. For those people who aren't willing to do that or can't do that, or they're just so burned out on social media, I'm totally talking about myself. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what, what would you suggest in still building a platform and selling books? Um, it, because I think a lot of the worry here is that social media is changing. All these censorship laws are changing. It could be taken away at any moment. And so many people have built their businesses around something that you don't own. So exactly. Yeah. And that was the conversation that my husband was having and I had last night and I said, that's why you always direct people to your website. hundred percent newsletter, you, website, <laughs> newsletter. You got to build. I, I didn't know that I should have been building my email list out. And, sure. and so I've been, you know, all, coming up with things to try to build my email list. And like I said, in that first year and still, I still give, 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 what can I give? Wow. Like when we went into COVID, I'm like, what, what can, can I, I give away? I gave away my book. I did a free challenge hmm. for resi a resilience challenge. I gave away a gratitude journal, anything I could do. And I, I would 
like create a little course and, you know, swipe up and sign up for my newsletter so you don't miss the course or, or whatever. I, I was trying to build up my, um, you know, people to join my newsletter, um, my website and always direct people back to my website. But then also having a podcast uh, is a very good tool too, because more and more people are listening to podcasts. And I would say if, you know, you're just so burnt out on social media that that's normal. You don't have to post every day. You don't, you have to do what works for you. For you. And, for, exactly. and, and for me, because social media is where I do get a lot of my work, then I put yep. the hours in to keep that going because Absolutely. I get, I get, I just got booked on another huge speaking event that is paying really well because of social media. So it pays off, but Amazing. if it's not paying off for you, then right. you have to figure out what works for you. Maybe that means that you connect with other, you know, thought leaders, authors, yep. coaches, who do have platforms or do have a podcast and you do a ton of interviews or you offer to go speak at their mastermind or, um, but I do think that you have to get your message out there somehow. And so maybe that's hiring a publicist and, you know, seeing if you can get and I, but I think, you know, once you do have um, an established, like you have, like you, you've got uh, incredible books and people want to read your next book, um, then maybe you don't need social media as much. Well, but it doesn't sell books, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Novels, you know, that's the difference between nonfiction and fiction because nonfiction, you know, you are offering something, you're solving a problem, you're, you know, connecting with a real story. And for fiction, it, it can be a little bit more difficult because there's no sense of urgency around it. And the data is really interesting to see who sells on social media and who doesn't. Um, so it's just, it's all such an, an interesting experiment, but I think you're, but I think people buy you. It sure. like, for me, exactly. yeah, it, for like sure. it, it, they, it, it's really you you're yep. selling. It's the yeah. trust <laughs> they have for you, you know, yeah. like for me, I remember there was one guy who had been following me for a year, commenting on every single post I put up. And finally, after a year, he said, well, I decided to buy your book. And so, you know, sometimes people are like, oh God, that sounds good. I'm going to buy that. And then sometimes it takes a longer time for people to trust you and connect with you and enough to where they're like, yeah, I want to buy your book or yeah, I trust her. I'm going to take her course. A hundred percent. Such invaluable information. I feel like we could talk about all of this all day. We didn't even get into half of the stuff I wanted to talk to you about. So we'll have to so have more it back on. Yeah. yeah. But so tell people how they can either get in touch with you, buy your books, listen to your podcast. Where should people go? Um, always, you can go to my website at amberlylago.com. Um, and then also you can text me at 818-214-7378. Girl, and actually, <laughs> Yeah, well, you know what? I have that so people can, because some people don't like email. So I have a, I, I have a text so people can text me. Um, if you text the word GRIT, you to 818-214-7378 
I give you, it comes with, I'll automatically send you a free downloadable goals, grit and grace playbook because sometimes you hear an interview or something and you're like, Oh yeah. And then the motivation is lost, but this is something that I have, you know, created to kind of help set your goals and action steps. So, okay, you've set your goal out. Now I can take some action steps. So yeah, text me. I just think it's really important to stay connected. And like I said, I love when people reach out so you can reach out to me um, and see some of the behind the scenes, crazy stuff that I'm doing right now (laughs) um, at Amberly Lago motivation. Um, And let me know that, you know, you heard it here and I'd love to connect with you. Well, this was awesome. And we would even love to have you back on the, on the podcast at some point to, uh, to talk more about uh, hybrid publishing and self publishing, but this has just been, I think invaluable information for anybody. Oh, thank you. I know there's so much I could talk to you about the, the, that whole publishing process. So I'd be happy to come on again and just talk about that. Um, There's a lot, there's a lot to it and we could talk for hours about it, but I just, (laughs) I just appreciate y'all having me on um, and just thank you so much. Thank you. Hi guys, I just wanted to take a second and talk about one of my absolute favorite go-to podcasts that I listen to every single week that I swear by. It is called the Simply Be Podcast and it happens to be created by one of my very best friends in the world, Jessica Zweig. Jessica and I have literally known each other forever. I worked with her (laughs) in her first startup, Cheeky Chicago. We work together at this billion dollar company based out of Dallas that we both pretend just didn't exist that period of our lives. And then when she started her personal branding agency, Simply Be, I was there from the very start and have watched and worked with her in many capacities, watched her grow this into a seven figure empire in just a couple of years. It's remarkable. And when she started her podcast, she was really kind of explaining what personal branding is. And since then, it's really morphed into how to make massive changes in both your life and business by creating a stronger connection with what makes you, you. So there's no special tricks, gimmicks, tips. The strategy is you. You are a personal brand. You are your own personal brand. And when we talk a lot on our podcast about the importance of author platform, personal branding is everything. We actually often really refer a lot of our clients to Simply Be because they are amazing at what they do. And what I love so much about Jessica's podcast is you're not only getting business strategies, you're getting her. You're getting these amazing, incredible guests from spiritual gurus to billion dollar moguls that not only talk about their life and their path to success, but they get into spirituality, they get into transformation and just really being yourself, Um, really bringing that truth to who you are. It is your superpower. It is your magic. And it is my absolute favorite podcast to listen to. So if you're looking for another one to add to your list, Simply Be Podcast. Mm-hmm.